Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another series of the USF Health Morsani College of Medicine Alumni Society podcast. I am very happy today that we have with us a third year medical student, Emma Hale, who is going to co-host with me for this series and talk a little bit about some of the different challenges and issues that women in medicine have faced in their careers. Thank you so much, Dr. Riddle. I'm so excited to be hosting this edition of the Beyond the Bulletin podcast. And today we have Dr. Mazzarola with us. She graduated from USF Morsani College of Medicine in 2004 and completed an internal medicine residency at USF. And she is now an internal medicine physician at the James A. Haley VA here in Tampa. Dr. Mazzarola, I'm so glad to have you with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about Um, What initially attracted you to the field of internal medicine and how you've shaped your career from residency to now? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you. Um, I actually went through pretty much the majority of my rotations (laughs) in third year medical school, um, not knowing what I was going to do, believe it or not. I thought thought going into med school, I wanted to do pediatrics um, and then that was one of my earlier rotations, and it turned out I was pretty awful um, at trying to decipher what kids were trying to say. I was like, oh, he looks fine. And they're like, actually, he's toxic. And you know, I was like, okay, pediatrics is not for me. Um, internal medicine was actually my last rotation, and it wound up being just my favorite. Um, I had a great experience on the rotation, both inpatient and outpatient, um, to the point where the people I met on that rotation turned out to be a lot of the mentors that I continue to work with today. Um, I, it was, I had a passionate team. I had a lot of fun. Everyone was super curious. The conversations we have were great. I learned so much on that rotation. I think that was probably one of my best shelf exams just because everyone taught me so much on that rotation. And I had, I really enjoyed the diversity of not only the patients and the cases and um, the range of diseases, but also the diversity of the people who were in it. Um, so I really, I, that just kind of drew me into it. And at the time, it was, a, it was a great gateway to a bunch of specialties that I was interested in, um, having gone through that rotation. And so it just, it was a really good fit for me. Great. You mentioned um, you had mentors from that field. Did you have any female mentors in particular that really helped guide you down that path? So in medical school, not so many. Um, a lot of the people who I met along the way were um, mainly men in the field, but the residents, a lot of the residents that I kept in touch with um, and who I, I really worked well with um, and got a lot out of their, their company uh, were females. And when I graduated, though, and chose internal medicine as my residency, um, Dr. Elizabeth Warner was actually a really... Um, big role model for me in a lot of different ways. And I, I just, she was, she provided me with so much guidance in ways I didn't even appreciate at the time. Um, and she, she never hesitated to give me her opinion, to share kind of best practices, both just in life as well as medicine. Um, so she was, she was really great um, in that sense. And then I had a lot of great friends along the way who did different things. So as far as like females um, who I kept in touch with, who we just kind of went through all the trials and tribulations of everything from, from medicine and then beyond the professional scope of things in our personal lives, that just really, it, it makes all the difference to have people who, who you can go through life with and share those experiences with. Absolutely. 
Um, I know one of the things that Dr. Riddle and I were excited to talk to you about on this episode um, was how you've been able to um, create your career so that it best suits your family and your lifestyle. Can you talk about that? Yes. So when you say create my career, it makes it sound like I took a very deliberate path. And so I just really want everyone to be very clear on the fact that I, I did not. And I somehow wake up every day and thank the powers that be that I somehow keep winding up on my feet because it's almost despite my best efforts that I get the things that I really want in life. Um, so I, I, like I said, I, I thought I was going to do peds. I wound up in internal medicine. And then when I did internal medicine, I swore the only thing that I wanted to do internal medicine for was to get into a GI. I got a GI fellowship. I wound up deferring the GI fellowship, wound up in academic medicine instead and fell in love with it. And so I say all this um, really to provide reassurance that there are so many opportunities and so many doors you can walk through. And really, there's never a wrong one. I, I felt along the way, I had so many times when I thought I was going to be in some sort of crisis from, <laughs> I remember going to Grand Rounds um, and I ran into Dr. Hoffman, who used to be in attending uh, with USF. And I had my GI fellowship in hand and I was still freaking out because I didn't know if I was going to take it. I had been married and my husband and I were deciding whether to start a family or not. And the year I was going to matriculate, there was only going to be two fellows. And I thought, there's no way I'm taking maternity leave and leaving only one, you know, PGY4 fellow in, in GI. That, that would just look terrible. You know, I can't do that. I don't want to be that person. And he, he ran into me in Grand Rounds or I ran into him and, and he said, Hey, you know, what are you doing next year? I didn't even know now that you're graduating. And I just burst out in tears. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dr. Hoffman, I have no idea. Like, oh, if I could just talk to you about this. Like, so anyway, he listened to me sob for about 20 minutes. We ended up missing the entire grand rounds. And he, you know, just said funnily enough that there was an opportunity. He was thinking he was going to be retiring soon. And there was an opening with USF Health um, to be on part of the faculty. Would that be something I'd consider? And I wound up meeting with him a few times and some of the other faculty members to see if that was something I would consider. And, and then ultimately, you know, had some kind of deep conversations with, with my husband, with my family, with my colleagues, with myself, and kind of trying to figure out like, is this, is this, is this life trying to tell me, you know, what to do? Like, maybe this is another option or should I just go on the path that I thought was for me? And I wound up taking the chance. I wound up falling in love with academic medicine and I didn't even look back after that. It's just been going forward the whole time. And um, again, I just say that because I work with residents uh, every day. I love it. Um, and, and med students too, when I'm on my inpatient rotations and I, and I, I absolutely love it. And I, I watch them succeed and I watch them struggle and I watch them with the decisions they have to confront and it's I think more than an education in medicine I feel like I what I do best for them is really just try and provide a lot of reassurance that it's okay if you get this fellowship great if you don't great like better things are going to come your way with every passing day and you just have to kind of be on the lookout for opportunity to, to have good relationships along the way and really just kind of keep an open mind and not necessarily a fixed outlook on, okay, this is what my career is going to look like. You know, this is what my life is going to look like because invariably things are going to happen that you don't expect. And maybe there are things that you don't think you want, but in the long run, maybe it turns out to be the best thing that ever could have happened to you. And that's something my 25, 26, 27 year old self did not know. 
that is something maybe even my 35 year old self still had to like kind of come to terms with, but it's something I'm so much more comfortable with now. And it's kind of the one takeaway I try and give to everyone that like I, I can, who's going through this and who has a, a lot of anxiety wrapped up on, Oh my God, what is my career going to look like? And, and I, I say, it's okay if you don't know. And, and it might even be good that you don't know. Um, but to just keep an, keep a really, a really open mind and just know that you're going to land on your feet. It's an amazing profession. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, I wish my kids were interested in it. Uh, they don't seem to be right now, but <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, to this day, can't say enough good things about about the, the practice of medicine, the opportunity to work with people from all walks of life, be it your colleagues, your patients, you know, your your own mentors and, and the other staff that you get to meet along the way and all the different avenues that open up that, that I didn't even know about in medical school, you know, from IT stuff to research to advocacy work. It's it's incredible to what Valerie's doing right now. I mean, to doing a podcast. Like, I, I've never done a podcast. You know, I have no qualifications to do a podcast. But anyway, that's a long-winded answer. But I really just kind of wanted to hone in on that, that there's no, there's no, right path, wrong path. There's just a path. And if you keep walking, like you're going to wind up in, and if you really listen to like kind of your intuition, you'll wind up on the right, in the right place. Thank you so much for that. I think that's something a lot of us really need to hear a lot of the time and hearing from someone who's come out on the other end and is doing great things is so lovely to hear. What does your practice look like now? So right now um, I work part-time which has been an ideal for me. Um, and I pretty much work in academic medicine, I would say 95% of the time. I mainly do outpatient medicine. Um, several times a year, I'll do an inpatient rotation um, for a few weeks. And, and in that capacity, I work more with the medical students and residents, not just the residents. Um, the clinic I do now is a resident clinic. And um, at the VA, I've also had the opportunity to do a lot of additional type of work, which was new to me. For, for instance, um, I participate in a musculoskeletal like injection clinic where it's mainly just sports medicine stuff. So that's kind of nice. It's procedure based and um, it's kind of fun just to focus down on like two joints, <laughs> your shoulder or your knee, which one is it? <laughs> and then I've gotten to do group clinics like for diabetes or COPD or tobacco cessation. And I've never had the experience of like working with 20, 30 people in a room all at the same time, kind of working towards the same goal and realizing that um, I I have less of a role to play in that. You know, I'm almost more just fostering the conversation, but it's more patients learning from patients and patients teaching patients. And I think they're sometimes a lot more receptive to that than someone who's just kind of telling them what to do um, or what they should do. It's kind of people who've walked the walk before. Um, so that's kind of what my career looks like now. Um, and I luckily, because I've had the opportunity to, to go part-time, I can say that my life is super full of stuff beyond my job as well, which I think is really Im important, you know, for me over time. Um, and that's come with sacrifices along the way, right? So it's, it's great. Um, for a while, I, I worked full time. I had two kids. Um, I was a wife. I was a daughter. I was a sister. I, you know, I had to sit on committees. I had to be a co-chair of a course. Um, what I guess the prelude to on doctoring, um, it was called clinical problem solving. I was, you know, the, the calendar coordinator for my family. I was the activity planner. I was the travel agent. Like I, I really 
for a while felt like I wore so many hats and did them all at some point so terribly <laughs> that I was just never, I, you, you just burn out, you know, I mean, you, you, we, I think medicine in general tends to, to draw sort of a lot of type A personalities and the kind of people who are like, oh, I'm used to doing it all and not only doing it, but doing it well, doing it perfectly. You know, I aim for that perfection and that's really the end goal. Um, and to go from that to like basically having more balls in the air than I could possibly handle, but still thinking I could. And instead I was just making myself and everyone else around me miserable um, and to kind of coming to terms with that was, it was sobering, you know, to realize, well, I can't, I can't be everything to everyone. And so where do I need to start kind of trimming the fat um, as it were? So I think one of the biggest things I've, I learned actually from my mentors was sort of how, how to prioritize and how to say no, uh, which I think not only for, I'll say students, you know, uh, or, or newly graduated students, but for, for women in general, I think that can be a bit of a, a challenge. I think we're, we tend to try and do everything, please everyone, kind of wind up with like the perfect scenario, but maybe to the detriment of ourselves more often than not. So um, yeah, it's it's really been great to be able to, to sort of cut back um, so that I can grow in other areas and being part-time has allowed me to do that. But I will say again, like I mentioned before, there, there's been sacrifices along the way. I mean, it's challenging to not be offered positions or to have to step off of committees or not get promoted in different ways. Um, and once you sort of have to make that determination of, okay, am I doing this for me or am I, am I going for that position or that committee chair or that promotion for more of my ego? You know, do I want my CV to look better or do I want my life to look better? Like, and that might not be the equation everyone winds up with, but that was sort of where I found myself, you know, that I'm, I'm more concerned about my, my CV than I am my life and, and something kind of has to give. And so ultimately when I got really clear on what my priorities were um, and what I wanted in life, um, everything kind of just sort of fell into place the way, the way it is now. And so it's, it's really nice. And I feel like instead of being kind of bad at 16 things, I'm, you know, kind of good at like three. <laughs> so that's worked out okay for me. Great. I think um, a lot of women who might listen to this podcast can relate to a lot of the things that you said, um, particularly about just trying to please and wear all of the hats at the same time. Um, and that can be a unique experience, I think, that many women share. Um, did you happen to face any criticism of your decisions to go part-time? Um, or did you have any supporters that really encouraged you to take that step for you and for your family? So that's a really good question. And the truth of the matter is, I think the biggest critic was myself. Um, I thought in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to disappoint so many people, you know, and I, I had my lists and my reasons why. And, and I had the conversations that they were going to have with me and what that looked like. And none of it came to pass. Um, everyone was so supportive from the, the, the bosses that I had, the people who were paying me to work to, you know, my own family. And um, I, yeah, I just, 
you know, it's one of those things that you almost are like, well, I should have done this sooner. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know why I thought things were all going to fall apart. It, it's just, it, it's the same sort of story we tell ourselves all the time. Like if I say no to this, or if I, if I don't pick up this, this job right here and do this, like, it's all going to fall apart, you know? Um, and so we, we don't, we don't delegate enough. We take on more than we want and everything. And, and all of a sudden we realize actually if I don't do that or if I don't pick up this ball like someone else will like it's okay you know it's, it's all going to be okay but um so actually I had way more support than I ever I ever thought that I would get but also more support than I thought I needed because like I said I think the biggest the biggest realization I had upon going part-time was more of the ego check than anything else you know I mean the whole time you're you're in college, like, okay, I got to get a high enough grades and a good enough MCAT score. And I got to do enough volunteering. Everything is like for a purpose, you know, like I wasn't enjoying the journey. It was all about the destination. Okay. Well now I'm in med school. And then the destination was residency. And then the destination was a job or a fellowship or something. I was always working towards something. And then I was, you know, an assistant professor. Now the destination is associate professor. And it's like, it's a never ending carrot that you're chasing. And for you to kind of be have the wherewithal to sort of step off that treadmill or to step out of the race and be like, actually, I'm okay here. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't actually need that carrot. I'm this carrot right here is okay. Um, so that some people reach that really soon. I've met, I can't say it's an age thing. I, I really think it's a maturity level or some sort of comfort level with one's own priorities in life and their values, because I've met really young people who guided me along the way. And I've met, you know, older people who certainly, helped me put down those mantles along the way to say, okay, it's enough. You've done enough. It's okay. You can stop. Um, so yeah. And, and again, it's, it's interesting because you think, or at least I, I shouldn't say you, I thought if I'm not, if I'm not growing my career, then I'm just stagnant. Like, that's what I thought. Like, well, then I'm just going to be here for the rest of my life. I'm just stuck. Like I'm just sitting in this position and I'm never going to move. And what I didn't realize is like, okay, maybe I'm not going to go in that direction, but there's so many other directions too go in. And so I've, I've gotten to explore so many things. Like I'm, you know, I, I, I've gotten to pursue my passions. And one of my passions for people who know me is I love to ski for instance. And so because of this, like I've, I've gotten involved in this adaptive sports program with the vets. And so this winter I get to go out and be part of the winter sports clinic that they're holding in Aspen for disabled veterans and stuff. And this is things that I just don't think I would have I would have explored because I probably wouldn't have had the time or the initiative or I'd been too busy, like filling other holes, you know, and whatnot to, to just be like, Oh yeah, this sounds interesting. Like why not? And so to see sort of the other avenues that open up when you're not sort of set on one direction has been something that I couldn't have guessed at, you know, it's something I almost just had to experience to be like, Oh, it's not a stagnancy. It's a, it's just a, a change in direction almost you know? And, and so that's, that's something that I, I think looking back, you know, I would definitely encourage people sometimes to like pause, you know, it's almost like that, that hedgehog where you just sort of stand up or, or groundhog, maybe not hedgehog, groundhog, you stand up and you, you know, you take a look around your surroundings just to like, kind of make sure like, oh yeah, wait, there's like life that's going on. I'm not just kind of like burrowing through this tunnel the whole time, which is sometimes like how med school can feel, I think for people. So, um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes taking a pause and, and um, just being aware that there's no right way to do something. It's just, it's, you know, you're going to, you're going to be a different person every day. Every experience changes you a little bit. What, 
what's in your life now may not be in your life later. And so the things that, that motivate you change. And I think it's good to just really pay attention to that and, and kind of ask yourself, like, am I happy? Is this what I want? You know, am I living my life or am I living some other kind of life that I had envisioned for myself for whatever reason? And that's, that's just a very valuable thing that I've, I've, I've gotten to experience um, because of the path I've chosen. So. Well, unfortunately, I think we're coming up on time, but Dr. Masarolo, it has been so fantastic to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. If you have any parting words, parting pieces of advice to um, women in medicine, medical students, residents, fellows, I'd love to hear it and share it um, with anyone listening. <laughs> parting words of wisdom. Let me see. Um, I would say if I had to tell my my third or fourth year medical school self, I would say, don't worry about perfection, worry more about growth or focus more on growth. Um, try new things, like get out of your comfort zone. Don't, don't, don't worry about the failure part of it. You know, just try new things and explore and kind of see how they feel. Uh, ask for help when you need it. You don't have to go it all alone and you don't have to make it look easy when it's not. <laughs> and then finally, probably just like learn to say, to say no, you know, thank you, but no, <laughs> which is a lesson I think came a little late when your plate's way too full. So, but um, I mean, the, the things you guys do now as med students, I, I, you've taken it even beyond. And I, the people that I meet, you guys are just, you're so bright. You're so creative. You have so many avenues of, of just intrigue to me. I mean, I love it. I, I love me. You guys keep me young. So I congratulate all of you for the challenges you've been able to meet thus far. I'm sure you're all going to succeed. And I hope that, that you all forge your own paths because that's what makes it interesting. And that's what grows our field as well. I mean, so good luck to, to you all. It's so nice to meet you. I'm so glad that I had the chance to have a conversation with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. If you have ideas for future podcasts, or if you would like to be a guest, please let me know at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E 25 at usf.edu. Thank you so much for listening.